uh, On Texas Football. It's time for Lunch with the Coach, brought to you by Laura Baker of Keller Williams Realty. Uh, Brian, I'm with Brian Irwin, uh, head football, former head football coach, uh, Lamarck Cougars, two-time state championship coach there. I uh, went uh, uh, on to be a head coach at a number of different places around the state of Texas. Uh, Brian joins us each and every Monday. Uh, but this Monday, we thought we'd do something a little different. Instead of doing a tape-recorded session, I wanted to do a live session with Brian so that you guys would have an opportunity to, to ask him questions. I always get asked questions subsequent to the video being released, so I want to do that a little bit differently. But before we get into that, Brian, I wanted to talk to you about what you saw off the cuff uh, from the positive side of the ledger from the Longhorns on Saturday afternoon. Thanks, Bobby. I like the way we started. I like the way we started fast. We talked about playing great at home. We hadn't played great at home, and and I thought we thought we played great. I thought we played well. Uh, we got off to a fast start, moved the ball, very balanced on offense, over 600 yards total offense, you know, over 300, 300 rushing and passing. Um, defense played outstanding, um, other than a couple option plays and, and explosives, you know, the explosive pass over the top. Defense played outstanding. So just overall thought we played great. Best ball game we played at home against quality opponent. And, um, you know, we just got to keep getting better. Let me ask you this. You mentioned the offense got off to a fast start. The run game was dominant on mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon. Uh, what did you see there that was interesting to you? Because you and I were talking beforehand, and you said you wanted to bring something up about the run game that you really yeah. thought was was critical. Yeah, I, I, I like the way D.J. Campbell's playing. Uh, Hayden Connor, you know, the whole offensive line, from, from Jake Majors inside out, the offensive line's playing fantastic. But I really like the way, you know, especially when these even defenses cover our guards up. Our guards are able to get initial movement and set the center up as the center comes to working combo uh, with the guard. Say we're running inside zone to the right. Well, well D.J. gets to set that edge. And, 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 and initiate contact with the guard, get his pads jacked up. Here comes Jake. Jake comes, takes over the block, and then DJ can work up, you know, to the linebacker level or vice versa. The, the, the defensive tackle stays outside. DJ stays on him, and then, and then Jake can work up to the linebacker. But the way, the way Jake can work with our guards, the way our, as well as our guards are playing, when we face that even defense, I think it's a huge advantage for us to be able to play an even defense and they cover down our guards. All right. Uh, talking with Brian Irwin, former head football coach, Lamarck Cougars, two-time state championship. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, coach, we, we've talked about this uh, in years or in weeks past, but uh, it seems to me like the Longhorn defense, after having some issues with the option early, uh, started, as you use the word, compressed that space mm-hmm. and uh, got the, the, the KU uh, offense under control. What did you see early that was the problem with Texas defending the option? I think number one is really difficult out of the four down front to, to handle all the things that they do in the triple option, the way they take that, that tight end, and, and they actually arced him all the way out to the corner to block run support with on the corner. Then they cracked the outside receiver. They zone mesh the running back, bring the other running back around, and then pitch off you know, the, the edge player. And by that time they've got the, they've got the perimeter blocked with that tight end arcing out there. And I, I really like being able to defend 
uh, that option game out of three, four better. Um, I know we did go the three, four a little bit versus 21 personnel. It helped us. They still hit us for a big one in that, but we just completely played. I mean, we had two guys there for the quarterback and both of them kind of got sucked inside. Uh, we had too many guys chasing dive, things like that. And then the one where Kellen made the big hit on, uh, on being, he fumbled and the running back picked it up. You know, our safety's coming downhill, running to pitch. But what we always talk, you ne- you never bypass first threat. You you tackle first threat and option, period. If it's the dive, if it's quarterback, if it's if it's the pitch man. So if I'm technically responsible for one of those three, but I encounter a first threat, you, you tackle it, you deal with it. And so we just didn't do a good job of dealing with first threat in the option, especially on that particular play. The safety's running the pitch. Well, the quarterback's scot free. Go tackle the quarterback. Make the quarterback pitch it, and then we got guys that can rally to the pitch from there. So first threat in the option is huge because you can get a lot of different options. You can get inside zone, you can get you know zone option, you can get outside zone, or excuse me, uh, um, you know some some type of uh, uh, inside veer, outside veer, zone option. There's all different. You know the way now they the, they'll zone read it, and they're giving it, they're keeping it, or they can throw it outside. You know so. First threat in the option is critical and key to stopping the option. Got it. Uh, all right. A couple other thoughts. Uh, before we get into those, though, I want to say thank you to our sponsor uh, for every lunch with the coach. Uh, it's uh, Laura Baker. Laura is a big-time Texas fan. Uh, she met her in Tuscal- Tuscaloosa. She's been an Austin-area realtor for decades now. Uh, lifelong Austinite, by the way. Uh, she is with Keller Williams, the Andy Allen team. You can contact her at 512-784-0505 or visit her at laura at andyallen.team. Send her an email there. Uh, just a tremendous young, uh, tremendous person uh, and a big uh, fan of the, the Longhorns uh, that we like to support her as well. Uh, Brian, I look at this and we've got questions coming in for you and I want to get to some of those. Um, but before we do, I want to ask you what your thoughts are on your biggest memory of Texas OU before we, because a lot of these questions are Texas OU related, not Kansas related. So I'm just going to ask you your biggest memory of Texas OU. Mm. That's, that's a hard one. That's, there's so many that just populate into my head, both from pregame, coming down the tunnel, you know, before you, you know, TV lets you out, you know, both teams are stacked. Uh, right behind each other, and if you didn't want to be the team that came out first, especially if you're the GA, you know, because you, <laughs> because if, if we come out first, then I'm in the back of our team, and and then you got OU right behind us, and I mean there are a lot of bad things happen right there. There's a lot of things that, that are not suitable for this show uh, that that happen between those two teams coming down that tunnel, and you're getting held up by TV, so you can't go anywhere. And and as a GA, I I suffered uh, the consequences of that, but uh, uh, that that was always a fond memory. Um, you know, I was in the press box a lot too, uh, many of the years, and 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 just remembering the dialogue between Lynn Amity and Peter Gardere. Um, I can I can vividly see it, hear it. Um, you know, we won four years in a row virtually on the last play of the game. Yep, uh, four years in a row. I don't remember the exact specifics, but basically we won the, on the last play of the game. And so, you know, experiencing four victories, uh, two years as an undergrad, two years as a grad, uh, four years in a row was unbelievable. Peter, Peter Gardere's legacy 
you know, in that game. Um, just, just a ton of things. Uh, if people don't know this, uh, after Gardier's fourth and final victory, the OU fans uh, chanted graduate, as in please graduate, <laughs> Peter Gardier. Uh, Bobby, I've, I've mentioned this before many times uh, as we've talked over the last couple of years, but something that stuck with me as a coach that, that resonated with me and helped me in my coaching career was, was Daryl Royal addressed the team one year, and, and that was when David McWilliams was the coach, and he told the guys, he said, guys, this is a game about momentum. It's a momentum-based game. Any of these big, gigantic rivalry games, it's all about momentum. You're going to get it, you're going to lose it. You're going to get it, you're going to lose it. You're going to get it, you're going to lose it. Multiple times throughout the game. But the team that wrangles it away, you know, in the second half, and can wrangle it away and keep it, that's the team that's going to win. I use that so many times out, out throughout my career, coaching in playoff games, coaching in big district games, coaching in the state championship games, talking about Big Mo and, and how to deal with it and how to understand you're going to lose it. It's okay. You just got to respond. You got to wrangle it back away. Got it. Um, all right. Hey, let's let's get to some questions now. I think that this is what I really wanted to do today is get uh, – because we've never done a live with you, Coach, as far as it uh, is just this lunch with the coach. Uh, asking some X and O's questions, thoughts on different parts uh, of it. Uh, let's start with UT boy here. He has a question. Coach, how do you feel about our line of scrimmage versus o OU, both offense and defense here, Coach? Feel good about it. Um, I haven't seen a ton of a ton of OU, but from what I understand, they're, they're primarily an even front team. Benables has, has been an even front guy. I, and like I said earlier, I, I like us against an even front. I like DJ Campbell getting his mitts on guys, Hayden Connor getting his mitts on guys, and then setting up Jake uh, to, to come off a combo block. So I think that's one of the weaker parts of, of their team is their defensive line. Uh, it's one of our strengths. Uh, so I feel good about it. Got it. Okay. I want to say this real quick. Uh, Nigel Robertson asking, any word on JT Sanders? Uh, Steve Sarkeesian met with the media about an hour ago now. Uh, the report is that both JT Sanders, the tight end, as well as cornerback uh, uh, <laughs> Ryan Watts are both day-to-day. -day. So the Longhorns are waiting to see day-to-day uh, -day on JT Sanders and Ryan Watts. Uh, if I'm a betting man right now, I think, I think JT Sanders is a go for Saturday, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Coach, the Longhorns had some problems in special games, uh, special teams today on Saturday. Uh, this one from Buddy Powell, Chief Big Guy. Does Coach believe the misses with uh, Burt Auburn are mechanical or mental? I'm not sure. Uh, but what I will say is I went back and I saw it during the game. I went back and watched it after the game. Both of his field goal misses, uh, the snaps were not good. Uh, they, they One was high. One was outside. And the, and the outside one makes it even tougher when the when – the, Holder's got to reach away from him and then come back and place that ball down. He's missing this. The holder's missing his spot by an inch on both on both holes. Not it's, the, it's not the holder's fault. It's just the snaps are a little bit higher, a little bit outside. I think Auburn senses that as a kicker, you can sense when the snaps a little bit off. The hole doesn't get down cleanly, and you know that that relationship between your plant foot and where you initially thought the holder was going to place the ball. You're talking about an inch or, or an inch and a half, it can affect the way the you know the ball comes off his foot. So not placing it hundred percent on Auburn at this point, especially with the the bad snap high and outside. And and that's unacceptable. I mean this is a short snap. This is 
this is big time football right here. And this is the short snap. We expect a perfect snap every time. All right, uh, coach, not just let's let's stay with special teams because it didn't look good against Baylor for sure. And what we saw on Saturday, look, I mean, Xavier Worthy let the ball bounce as much as he as much as he fielded it. Some of that was short punts. We we agree. But Keelan Robinson, he also muffed a kickoff too. Yeah. Um, what, what do you see in the return game right now? That's uh, got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I've got those are my those are my most concerning thoughts uh, right now coming out of this game. You know, I, I had a note written down: you coach specifics, not results. You know, the better we get, the harder we got to coach. The harder we got to, you know, grind on these guys. Uh, the coaching mode kind of comes out on me, you know, and this kind of stuff because you can't let little things fly. You let the ball hit the ground on the punt. Okay, it only rolls three yards. Right? So the results aren't bad. But specifically, the next time they punt and it rolls out 10, 15, 20 yards, you're losing valuable yards there. So we've got to field the punt. I, I don't care if it's short. we got to come up. we got to field it. Uh, make the fair catch call. Come up, field it. We can't let the ball hit the ground and roll out where we lose 10, 20 yards. Keelan Robinson, yeah, he muffed one against Baylor. He muffed one the other day. Um, I've got to seriously take a take a look at that. I mean, that's oh, do we have our best guy back there? Uh, those are the things where you coach specifics, not not results. Nothing terrible happened, but specifically, they're concerning to me. And um, so, between the snap, the short snap, between the kickoff returner, the punt returner, you know, X is a great receiver. We know that, but do we have somebody on that team that 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 feels confident? Because right now, X doesn't look confident to me. And, and we, we need to exude confidence back there. Got it. Uh, this question from uh, Football Junkie, Super Chat. Do you think teams will start attacking us downfield on first and second down? Seems like we wait until third down to really attack the quarterback. Our linebackers covered just about all game. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, PK, play a little bit bend but don't break on first and second down and then try to get after it on third? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, we, we yeah, maybe the questions we seem a little bit susceptible to the deep ball, especially against our quarter safeties. We're gonna have to mix it up. We we can't be sitting there dead red with our opponent knowing we're sitting there in quarters. Um, it may look like quarters, and we spin to one free. Uh, it may look like quarters, and you know, we don't play a lot of cover two. But I wouldn't be surprised if if we wrinkle in some cover two in there where our safeties back up even deeper. We, we, we tighten those corners down just, just to give them a little bit different look. Plus, as good as Jalen Ford is in coverage, he would be an excellent cover two middle linebacker running the middle of the field. So I think cover two is also something we haven't seen, but I think I know we've got it in our package and uh, it'd be a great thing to uh, utilize to prevent that deep ball in the middle. All right. Thanks for that super chat, football theory. Here's another one. This one from R. Charnell. Does coach think OU can scheme their defensive line to get pressure with just four or confuse Quinn? Uh, Rod Babers, full disclosure, says that Brent Venables is the the one of the kings of what he calls uh, mock pressure, like mm-hmm. faux pressure, not real, but he acts like he's coming. Right. Uh, you know they they can do that. They've got to be a little more multiple. You know, maybe not out of a four down look. Maybe if they get into some three down stuff and start bringing different guys still only bringing four. Um, it's a little tougher to do out of an even front. You can't be quite as quite as multiple. But uh, if it's just a four-down lineman, no. Uh, if they start getting into some odd fronts and start bringing uh, some backers and dropping some D linemen, things like that, yeah, that gets a little bit 
tough as far as protection goes, and and that doesn't play well into you know DJ's strengths right now either. DJ Campbell. Yep, that's interesting. Uh, all right, got some more questions going on here. I want to say thanks once one more time uh, to our uh, sponsor of this show. That's Laura Baker of Keller Williams Realty. Uh, if you're looking to move to, from, or within the Austin city limits or the surrounding area, give Laura a call at 512-784-0505 or reach out to her at laura at andyallenteam.com. Uh, we appreciate Laura and her sponsorship of the uh, Lunch with the Coach uh, episode. She specifically asked for this, Coach. Uh, she's a, She enjoys this show. She likes hearing the coach speak. Good All right, uh, this is a this follows on with what you said earlier, Coach, about uh, how they play their safeties. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. How do we help our safeties not to get beat deep? Uh, Zane Petty asks, we know that four verts is coming in the air raid this week. Is there a secret to stopping the four verts concept? Get to the quarterback fast? Is that it? You can get to the quarterback. You can play man free. Uh, man free, you know, you close the middle of the field with free safety. Uh, that's that's the first way to do it because, you know, yeah, that means you're, you're man to man with some of those guys, but you're, you're closing the field with the middle of the safety. And and if that happens, then you're now you've got to attack the outside. Now you've got to attack our corners. That's the strength of our, of our coverage. That's the strength of our secondary. So when you play man free and you put the free safety in the middle of the field, that throw down the middle of the field is 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 a non-factor. Now you're forcing them to throw it outside against our strength. I think cover two could always also be uh an advantage of ours, uh, being able to deepen our safeties up a little bit. There's no doubt quarters coverage is, is tough on those safeties, especially because they're flat foot reading from the very beginning. Now, a big part of that also is when you're playing quarters, uh, and even in cover two, but especially quarters when you're flat foot reading, we got to reroute that number two receiver. You know, the number two receiver runs right down the field the other day against, I think, Janae Barron. We never touch him. We, we've got to be able to reroute those receivers, get hands on them, reroute them a little bit, reroute them outside, slow them down, and that helps. We, we can't give them free release. Yeah, that that that's one of the things Greg McElroy said on the tech, telecast is that Jade Barron should have at least popped the receiver a little bit to yeah. give Keaton Crawford some recovery time. It was yeah. just a free run, and uh, it's going to be hard for anybody to, to manage that. Uh, all right, uh, let's keep going here. This one from Bobby Batronic. Uh, do you favor Big 12 personnel? That's the two tight end package with Malik Ogbo for more blocking services against pressure or more of a spread look to help identify where the pressure is coming from. Is it? Can it be both or does it have to be one or the other? 
I think the advantage of the Big 12, you know, or any kind of 12 or 21 personnel, you reduce the pressure packages. They they can't they can't give you much. There's not there's not much to do. You you make them declare uh, to the three man surface side or four man surface side. There's just not a whole lot they can do from a pressure package uh, standpoint. So that's why we love playing with multiple tight ends or or a tight end and two backs because uh, you limit what they can do defensively. You make them declare to that tight end. When we get spread, you know, ten or eleven personnel. Uh, there's a number of things that they can do. So putting a tight end, putting two tight ends, the more you put in there, it reduces their multiplicity. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, got some more questions. Uh, If you guys have any, please get them in. We've got about 10, 15 more minutes here with Coach. We're going to do an abbreviated live stream here on Lunch with the Coach uh, and get it going this way. Here's this one uh, from LNS Wood. Coach, what's the mentality coming into a game like this? Do you re- coach really hard or change the day-to-day practices? I mean, you've actually coached as a, as a GA at Texas during the week of this game. What's the MO? What, what's the idea? It's it's intense. It's it's really tense. You're coaching really hard. Um, not that from a physicality standpoint, it's any harder on the on the kids. You're not you're not having contact and things like that more. You're not changing your practice schedule. You're not changing your practice routine. You're not changing your practice segments. But the focus, the intentionality, um, the urgency, it's high. It's 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 high on the coaches' parts. It's high on the players' parts. It's a different deal. You know you're getting ready to go play OU. We don't like them. They don't like us. And uh, this one is is the beginning of, of doing this thing for all the marbles. So, yes, intensity's high. Yes, we're coaching hard. I said it a while ago, the better we get, we're, we're pretty good right now. We're ranked number three in the country. I'm coaching these guys hard anyway. I mean, I'm coaching specifics, not results. It doesn't matter if something happened bad. I want to know, did we do it the right way? Did we, did we catch the punt? Did we catch the kickoff? Did we have a good snap? Even though we let's – say, let's say Bart Auburn makes the, both of those field goals on the bad snaps. We had a high snap and outside snap, and he makes both of them. I'm still not coaching the results. I'm coaching the specifics. We have to do things the right way, and it starts in practice. Got it. All right. Uh, this one from David Williams. Uh, many think Jonathan Brooks' emergence is why emergence is why the offense has improved so much. I think the OL finally playing better as a group is the reason. What do you think is the biggest reason for improvement? It's not like I mean Jonathan Brooks is good. Bijan Robinson pretty good too, though. Yeah, I love this question because it goes back to the beginning of the year. When, uh, you know, I kind of said, went on record, like, you know, week one, nobody's nobody's any good. No off. There's not an offensive line in the country that's worth a darn. Uh, it takes three, four weeks for offensive linemen to start setting their paths. And here we are after week four. I think we can officially say offensive line and start setting their paths. So it starts with them. But uh, Jonathan Brooks is a stud. He's, he's good. He's got a great lean. He's got that center of gravity. You hit him around the waist area, and they're just bouncing off of him. He's stronger than he looks. He's fast. He's elusive. Uh, Cedric Baxter is um, is, is going to be great. He looked much better this week from a health standpoint. So um, I love our backs, but I love the way our offensive lines come together and set their pads. Uh, hey, this is a question for you. Uh, it's it's interesting one because I'm not I'm not so sure. I, I don't know the answer. When since when has uh, it been called be, been called simulated pressure 
instead of a zone blitz. Zone blitz was uh, was it Dick LeBeau, uh, yeah. the former Steelers that that created that. What is the difference between a zone blitz and simulated pressure, or is it just the same words for the same thing? Different words I, for the same to, thing. To me, it's the same. I, I know it is zone blitz as well, Bobby. I mean, that's kind of the way I, I ended my my coaching careers. You're bringing backers and are you bringing secondary guys, but you're still playing zone behind it. That's that's to me what you know the zone blitz, the simulated pressure is. You're not exposing yourself from a man-to-man concept. You're still able to play some type of cover three coverage behind bringing guys. You know what I always called a, a blitz was you're bringing a safety, and and you're pretty much playing some type of cover zero behind it. Uh, versus a dog, you know, we, if you bring in a linebacker, we always call that dog. So you have dogs and you have blitzes. And dogs where you bring in a, you know, a fifth or a sixth ad with a linebacker. Blitz was when you were bringing a secondary guy. And then the zone blitz is when you're able to bring somebody, an extra guy or two or three, but still play zone behind it by dropping out a defensive line and things like that. All right, Brian, this one's going to be your a personal question for you. From Sammy Sosa, who was the coach? Who was the best player you ever coached in high school? I have a family f- friend who swears he's it. Who's the best player you ever coached? Whether it's at Lamarck, uh, Marcus, wherever you were at. Golly, I, I don't know if I want to answer this one. I, I, <laughs> I put you too much on the spot there. Yeah, I, I I've coached some good ones. Um, I, co- I coached some good ones, but um, mm, I, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I'll step out there and um, and say this was tough for me because I don't want to. I don't. I coach so many good ones. I have such good relationships with my guys um, still. But uh, but I tell you what, I coached a good one at Italy High School. His name is Keith Davis. Um, he, he he had one scholarship offer and then went on to play for the Dallas Cowboys for a number of years. He, he was a great, great player, class 2A football player. Um, at Lamarck, um, I'd either have to say Rashad Bobino or Larry Curligan. Those two guys uh, were, were war daddies. And, of course, Rashad Bobino played the University of Texas. He he uh, we, we went 16-0 his senior year, then – he goes undefeated his red shirt freshman year, starts at middle linebacker, and, and uh, we win the national championship against USC in 2005. He's a coach now, too, by the way. Yes, he is. Yes, he Mady is. Mady Creek, I think, right? In case. He's a, he's a Mady Creek and uh, tried to help him get a couple of head jobs. Hadn't happened yet, but he's going to happen. I got you. All right. Uh, thanks, Coach. Uh, this one from Bobby Brown. I sense that OU will blitz a lot. How does Texas combat that? Run the football, um, run the football, control the line of scrimmage, uh, play with a tight end or two in our in our in our twelve package or Big Twelve package or our twenty one package. Um, that that controls a lot of it. Uh, but if we're able to run the football, uh, and then and then through blitzing and while we're running the football, then we can control that with RPO and and throw the ball outside. And uh, and get that thing out into space, and and so we have answers even if they're you know loading the box and trying to trying to run blitzes. You you don't think they want to test Xavier Worthy outside? A lot of teams have been uh, playing a little off of him, uh, trying to make sure they get a free run. Uh, the last two times they've run that little, I don't know, it's not a bubble screen, it's just an outside uh, throw. 
the teams have like, Baylor swallowed it up for a five year yard loss. I think Kansas had a six yard loss on it. Yeah, uh, may have been the worst offensive play on both in both games. Yeah, uh, for the Longhorns, right? Yeah, it's interesting to see what what happens there. Um, all right, Coach, uh, this one's going to be interesting because we talked earlier about JT Sanders and where he's at right now. He's day to day, according to Steve Sarkeesian, just a, about an hour ago at his press conference. Uh, this from Garrett Smith. Even if JT Sanders is 100%, Coach, how important is it for him to play just for a decoy to occupy those OU linebackers? It, it, he's got to be reasonably healthy. He's got to be, yeah. He's he be, be. A, you know. We don't want him gimping around. Uh, we, we don't want him out there gimping around. He, he needs to be. He needs to be 90%, and um, and 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 then. You know, be able to block as well because the you know whether it's eleven person or twelve, he, he needs to do a good job of blocking uh, in the run game, whether it's on the front side or the back side. We've got enough weapons that uh, they they've they've got enough to worry about other than just JT Sanders uh, with our run game and with our with our multiplicity and with receivers. Got a couple more questions here before we go, Coach, but I want to ask you one that is kind of me. Um, Look, Art Bry- this is Art Briles' offense. Jeff Levy's his son-in-law. Uh, Kendall Briles runs the same thing at TCU now. Uh, they popularize this, like, heavy run front, then throw it over your head. Essentially, yeah. is what they did. And he did it at Stephenville. He did it at Texas. He did it at Baylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Art did at U of H. Mm-hmm. It's morphed a little bit now through the years. It's changed. They've added some wrinkles, et cetera. But it's still run throw the ball over your head, right? Mm-hmm. These are really fast guys. You've obviously coached against that before and seen it. Mm-hmm. How does Texas really get going against Dylan Gabriel, who is, I mean, he's the straw that stirs the drink for them. Yeah. Completing 75 plus percent of his passes. Mm-hmm. How does Texas go after and attack this, this uh, OU uh, offense? First of all, just kind of like any week, we got to stop the run. They want to run the ball. Um, I know those guys. I've known those guys in this system for years. I know how Art and all of his assistants think. I knew them when they were here at Baylor. I know what they think. They want to spread to run. Period. They want to spread to run. And and then when you and when you don't spread with them, you know you need to stop the running game. Then they're they're going to hurt you outside in the flats, intermediates. Um, uh, contrary to most people's belief, they, they really don't like throwing it deep, deep. They don't like throwing it down the field, over the top, you know, uh, top shots. But um, they want to run the ball. We got to stop the run. And then, you know, we got to mix up playing some man. We got to be in their hip pocket. We can't sit there and leave them zones to throw into. They know how to find those zones and uh, they know how to flood those zones, especially versus quarters covers. Quarters is makes it tough because they can run you off and then they can cross the receiver all the way over to the opposite zone. And and you can't cover it, especially if the quarterback's got time. So between stopping the run, um, uh, stopping the short, quick game stuff, uh, I think is also critical because that's what they're going to throw and that's what they want to throw. And then turn short passes into into long plays. And then when they do drop back, we've got to get pressure on, on the quarterback. All right. Uh, got a couple more questions here for Coach. Uh, let's start with this one. What are your what's your score prediction for this weekend, or do you want to leave this for later in the week? I better save this one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good at this. I'll save this one for later in the week. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I tell you what. I, I'm one of those guys that just says 
with this game, I, I mentioned this before. It's the one game I don't get like worried about yeah. uh, throughout the whole year because if you're not, if you're spending any time worrying about something in this game, you're spending it on the wrong thing. Yeah, you gotta. You, in this game, you attack. You don't yeah. worry uh, yeah, because right. any any chance you um, miss uh, is is a big one in my we're, opinion. We're gonna be ready to play. Like you know that, Bobby. We're gonna be ready to play. They're gonna be ready to play. Um, I think we got a great football team. Love both both sides of the line of scrimmage, and I like our chances. I, I will say, I expect us to win the game. I, I'm right now. I'm not sure about the score. Hey, let me ask you this: Did you watch the OU SMU game at all? No, I did not. Okay, all right. Well, I'll uh, save that one then. I didn't want to say that. Let's talk about this: Ad Mitchell's emergence of sorts. All mm-hmm. last year, Xavier Worthy didn't really have a running buddy, right? Right. Uh, to take any kind of pressure off. Now, Jordan Whittington was there, but he's more of a possession guy. Mm-hmm. Ad Mitchell is a little bit more than just a possession guy. How how has that worked out for Texas's offense? He he seems to be a little more than a possession guy, but he's a move the chain guy to me. He's he's and that might be the same thing, but he's a move the chain guy because his catch radius is what I love. His catch radius is incredible. Uh, whether it's in front of him, whether it's behind him, whether it's over the top, whether it's down low, he's catching everything. And so I, I see him moving the chains a lot. Uh, I, I didn't know what kind of speed he had coming into the season. I don't see that like, you know, just a blazer. Because when we were throwing a couple deep balls, it, it seemed like he hadn't been able to go get them. But, um, and he might be faster than what I think. But what I love about him is his catch radius. He can flat out catch the ball. He knows where to fit in zone schemes. He's not afraid of contact. Uh, he loves catching the ball over the middle. And uh, that's that's what we need, especially as a compliment for X. Yeah, I need to, I need to, I, I'm being corrected, by the way. I need to say Adonai Mitchell, because uh, yeah. he no longer wants to be called uh, AD. I want to make sure I do that uh, for him. Uh, all right, Coach, that's going to do it for this Lunch with the Coach edition. I appreciate you taking the time out. But before we go, I want you to tell us, you know, any any final thoughts on Texas OU week for you? Just, just the momentum piece. It's such a gigantic factor in, in uh, being able to handle it. The pressure, uh, the momentum swings, uh, uh, coming out of the tunnel. Okay, that's one thing I failed to say earlier. You come out of the tunnel, besides the, the back and forth coming down the tunnel and the spitting and the fighting and the swinging and the swearing and all the stuff that, that happens right before you run on the field. But when you come down that tunnel and you look out between those goalposts, and you see one half red and you see one half burnt orange, oh, my gosh. And it's split right down the middle. And you know it's fixing to be on. <laughs> That's funny. That's almost exactly what Diamante Tucker Dorsey said that he saw the very first time. And he, he looked out there. He goes, this is, does it look like anything else I remember. I uh, want to say uh, also if you get a chance and are interested in a subscri- subscription to Inside Texas, give it a chance. Uh, promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Right now we have a special $1 for two months. Coach, I appreciate you coming on today and doing this little special, uh, getting some questions answered uh, for uh, some fans as well. Uh, and you know what? Uh, big week ahead, five days until the Longhorns kickoff. About uh, almost exactly five days. Maybe this will be halftime on Saturday, about 1245. All right, yeah. for Brian Irwin, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of Lunch with the Coach. Thanks. Thanks, welcome.